The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. It is Monday, March 6th, Championship Monday. Woo! Queens of the Conference, Virginia Tech, hot off of a big victory yesterday in the ACC Championship in Greensboro over the Cardinals of Louisville, and uh, we're excited. We got Billy Ray Mitchell popping in from Fairfax, Virginia. We got Ed Williams from the Hoops Pod. Popping in from the same household in Fairfax. This is Pat Finn coming at you guys uh, from Park City, Utah. Enjoying the wonderful powder. I don't know if you guys can see this. This is the powder grin. (laughs) Powder grins snowed 20 inches on Saturday night. Made for an epic Sunday powder day. But um, let's jump in. We're going to start with the hokey haiku. Before we do that, Ed and Mike McDaniel going to be on the back half of this pod uh, breaking down the hokey hoops so uh, stick around for that here is the hokey haiku it's been a minute since we've uh, we've gone over the poetry which one was better the new trophy in Hanhurst or georgia's glasses are you asking is this up for debate I, I am asking. I don't know. The glasses were pretty epic. Um, I, I got to say, all of the content that came out following the game. I, actually, I got beef with ESPN. We win an ACC championship. They show like three balloons, and it's on to the other, other game. No no celebration. No post-game interviews. I don't know if we had to tune into the Ocho or go to ESPN3 or what he had to do. The Manning cast. Um, yeah, the Manning cast. So I, I do appreciate Hokies WBB um, hooking it up with all of the post-game content, all the post-game feels. That was awesome. The crowd was awesome. Uh, shout out Morgan Gay. She and a bunch of students made the drive. She sent a video right after the national anthem. And Kelly Gramlich tweeted it. She said it's 75% Hokies here in Greensboro. If you go ahead and you Google Maps it or MapQuest it, NC State, way closer to Greensboro than Virginia Tech. But Virginia Tech showed out uh, both in the stands and on the field of play, which you love to see. (laughs) Hey, Ed, you want to tell Billy that we didn't beat NC State? We beat Louisville yesterday. Sorry. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I I wasn't going to say it, but then I saw Pat's grin that he was absolutely going to say that. (laughs) I got my – I'm sorry. We've beaten so many good teams in so so few days. I got got them mixed up. Yeah. This is a good time to say it while we're talking about it. Um. Look, I have no problem with any of these athletes. I think they're all great. They're good for the ACC. But you look at the teams we played 
Okay. This is a ludicrous conversation, but I'm here you, for it. You look you look the team look at the teams we played, right? First game, Cavender Twins. TikTok famous, 4.1 million followers. 4.1 million followers. Game two, we played Duke. Carol Lawson. She was an assistant on the Celtics. It's Duke. They're like the sweethearts of the year. Everyone thought they would suck. They don't suck. They're very good. Beat them. Then in the final, we play Haley Van Lith. Instagram famous. She has 700,000 followers on Instagram. What do we have? We don't got the TikTok fame. We don't have the Instagram fame. We have the hardware fame. And Liz and Georgia walk away. Women's basketball walks away with the hardware as ACC champions for the first time in program history. So fun. Pat, how did you uh It's unfathomable. It is unfathomable just like it was a year ago. I mean, I know you were just talking about the content. There's nothing like the content. No. There's nothing no. like it. You know, you're scrolling at Hokies WBB you're scrolling at Hokie Sports on Twitter, on Instagram. The memes are flowing. You got mm-hmm. Georgia rocking the sunglasses. You got all of the girls taking pictures with the trophy. You got T Soul jumping around with that champion sign. And then you got Coach Brooks making everyone cry. <laughs> I mean, it was phenomenal. It was shades of last year you know different kind of confetti we had the um i guess acc themed greensboro mm-hmm. themed uh balloons you know the magenta the the teal green the white slash silver balloons falling from the sky but you know it was also a constant smiles smiles all over the hokies faces and uh yeah man i mean just an incredible uh, experience to to see these girls absolutely crush it georgia 14 was it 14 or 16? So we'll, we'll do that. I feel like we're going to talk about the content a lot more than the game. So I'll just give the quick rundown. Virginia Tech beat Virginia Tech beat Miami 68 to 42, beat Duke 58 to 37, beat Louisville 75 to 67. They move into the top four. Looks like they're going to get a top one seed. Just to highlight some of the stuff that that happened. I mean, Liz Kitley dropped 22 points against Miami. Georgia Amor dropped 16. You go over to the Duke game. Georgia Amor had 24 points against Duke, six for six for eight from the three point line, and then 25 points from Georgia Amor. Um, and they beat Louisville 67 to 75. It was just, it was awesome. It was it was an awesome three days. She beat the three point record. In ACC tournament play, and she played two less games than some other players. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And even just comparing this to last year, too, like, they they crushed everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last year, the men's team, other than, you know, us needing a miracle against Clemson, we crushed everyone. Yeah. Um, and we had 100 Couture last year. We had Georgia this year. And it's just so funny seeing – them go back and forth on social media. You know, Georgia's like, I watched film on you, Hunter Couture, and Hunter Couture's like, well, Georgia's literally the GOAT. And now both of them are ACC tournament uh, championship MVPs. So it's pretty unique to see the dichotomy of the men's team last year paving the way for the women's team this year. And ultimately, we're just 
you know, celebrating back-to-back years. It's pretty cool to, uh, to bake this into to March here um, lately. Yeah, an awesome moment that I don't know how much content has been out about it. I've seen a couple of videos, but Kayla King coming off the bus in front of Han Hurst with the trophy over her head, followed by Taylor Soul with a giant boombox on her shoulder, <laughs> blasting Enter Sandman. Uh, that, was, that looked like a pretty cool moment for all the fans who came out. They, they looked like it was like 9.15 by the time they got back to Blacksburg, but that looked like an awesome moment for the fans and the team, obviously, really enjoyed it too. So that was awesome. Yeah, Pat, it was 14 threes for the tournament record. Um, two banked threes as well. We'll, we will throw those in there for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, probably didn't mean to do that, but we'll take it nonetheless. A couple of other things. I just want to point out some of my other favorite content. My favorite content that came out this whole week, I think was a little bit, or this whole week, this whole last 24-hour cycle, is a little bit underrated, and it's on Taylor Soul's Instagram. And it's the last picture on her post, and it's a journal entry from October. Have you seen this, Pat? I mean, this might be breaking news. Okay. October 22nd at night. This is in her diary. I am so grateful for my teammates at Virginia Tech. The first scrimmage went well, and I'm eager to see what the season has in store. In quotes, ACC championship. I manifest good health, fun, positivity, continued blessings while I walk with love, patience, trust, faith, honesty, and a kind heart. It's cut off a little bit, but I think it says I am grateful for another day to be loved, supported, alive, Happy to be here. So blessed. I love this basketball team. I love the personalities on it. I love the way that they embrace. The fan base has not only embraced them. They have embraced the fan base. Going to as many games. I went to more. I'm first person to say. I went to more women's basketball games this year at Castle Coliseum than I had ever been to in my entire tenure at Virginia Tech. And after every single game, every player Thanks everybody. Taylor Soul high fives the the high techs that are there. She shakes everybody's hand. She thanks everybody. Goes into the stands hugging people. Like it was just such a fun team to follow. And they're not done. I do encourage you all to go out to Castle for the first two games. Ed, I know you're definitely going to be there. Um, the excitement around this program. Coach Brooks's vision. I mean, Pat, we interviewed Coach. Uh, we inter- back in the day. We interviewed like Sammy Hill years ago, and she raved about the culture that he brought into Blacksburg. Um, watching former players tweeting about it and living in the moment. Asia Shepherd, um, you know, Taj Cole, Sammy Hill again. She tweeted about it. It is such an amazing thing, but it is a testament to the work and the foundation and the culture that this coaching staff has instilled. Just going off of some of the other content that I absolutely loved. By the way, go get your poster. I got to shout out Mina Schubert, one of our uh, incredible designers. She put out a poster. Um, Check that out. But no, the glasses, Kayla King. I'll say this. I'll say this. Women's basketball gets away with some stuff that men's basketball would never get get away with. First of all, I don't know if they do this in the ACC tournament, but both teams go up the same corridor and teams are like celebrating <laughs> in the same hallway that the losing team has to walk through. Um, just creating some savage content. Um, and then at the end of the ACC tournament, um, one of the reporters straight up just asks Georgia Amor, can anyone guard you? <laughs> they would never, ever ask that <laughs> to anyone in the ACC men's basketball. I loved it. And then Kayla, Kayla King grabs the, grabs the mic after everybody behind her stranding. No, she says, no. 
No one can guard her. <laughs> we all agree. You're right. Coach Brooks talking about his family, sacrifice, everything else. Man, I, I could not be happier for this group. And go ahead. Pat's got his hand raised. Well, we got a few more. Yeah, we got a few more. I feel like the list just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. you know, everyone, everyone deserves a shout out. Evan Hughes. I mean, the two of- ACC championship basketball teams called by his mouth. Evan Hughes has done a great job all year long. He told us from the very beginning, believe in this team. Mm-hmm. And we said, Evan, we believe in you. And uh, <laughs> phenomenal uh, uh, screen grab of Evan holding the trophy. Stephen Collier saw him mm-hmm. uh, greeting the uh, the team outside of Castle, outside of Hanhurst. Kelly Gramlich. Kelly Gramlich bet on this team early. Too. She knew. She knew. She's She put out the uh, – she put out the bracket right before the uh, HCC tournament started. Um, but, you know, the list does go on and on and on here. Special team, special moment. Again, excited to see what's coming down the pipe later on. I want to have a real conversation here. And this uh, this may trigger some folks. It shouldn't. But Mount Rushmore for Virginia Tech, when you talk about most decorated athletes or when you talk about athletics in general, Okay, so who's on there? Michael Vick's on there. Angela Tincher is on this list as well. Coach Beamer is on this list. Makai Lewis has a chance to be on this list. The other, like, th- like from, from three to five. Bruce Smith is up, on this list. Bruce Smith is on the list. You're right. Tyrod Taylor is on the list. Tyrod Taylor's. I would almost argue Tyrod Taylor is a more decorated athlete during his coll- collegiate career than Michael Vick is. We're talking about accomplishments at Virginia Tech. But the case for Liz Kitley to be etched onto the Mount Hokie Moore, let's just talk about it real quick. So far, she can come back next year. Who knows what she's going to do? She is the two-time ACC Player of the Year, ACC Freshman of the Year, three-time first-team All-ACC. She's an All-American. In program history, she is the all-time leader in points, field goals, 30-point games, 40-point games, field goal percentage she is one block away from being tied to be the all-time leading blocks getter she is an 83 and 33 record three trips to the ncaa tournament highest ranked team of all time potentially the best team of all time i think regardless of what happens she's certainly a top 10 virginia tech athlete of all time I find it very hard to believe that she is not in the top five. Ed, I know you have strong feelings on this. I don't even think it's a question. I mean, Mm -hmm. what she's done in terms of elevating a program, putting it on the map, um, that stuff's all great. But then just straight up accomplishments too. everything you just said. I don't even think it's a question. And I just spent the last 10 minutes scrolling through the Virginia Tech women's basketball record books, looking for a different argument we're going to have in a second. But Liz is at the top of every list. Like, mm-hmm. it, if you go on their page, it's hysterical because the players who are currently active are highlighted in uh, no highlighter color. And <laughs> if you scroll through the page, it's Liz Kitley, Georgia Amor, Kayla King, Kayana Trailers on some of these lists. But it's, it's Liz is a top ten player in pretty much every counting stat you can find in program history. Not to mention the national accolades that you already talked about. So I don't even think it's a question. I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find four or five better people than her. Without a doubt. It's an interesting, it's an interesting question. Um, 
but I definitely think she has a chance to cement herself as being that. And again, she has the opportunity to come back for another year. Um, so a lot of those records, she's pretty close to the rebound record. I think she's like 170 away from the rebounding record. Um, so she has a chance at a lot of this stuff. Uh, Ed, what is your, uh, your follow-up take? So I had this take right before – I thought about this right before we press record. Is Georgia Amor the best point guard in school history across both sports? Um, everyone loves Justin Robinson. He's the man. There's a couple other names you could probably throw into there. But just really quick, in literally five minutes of research, I pulled that Georgia currently, as a true junior, has the best assist-to-turnover ratio in her career, which to me is a big stat as a point guard. The most ACC assists in program history, the only triple-double in program history, third and three-pointers made while being seventh in percentage. She's third and three-pointers made, shooting 37%. Third in assists, she could easily be second in assists in program history by the end of the year, depending on how long they go on this run. And fourth in assists average per game, 4.8. Seventh in starts, seventh in minutes, fifth in points. And she's a true junior. So it's pretty conceivable. And then obviously it depends if Liz comes back or not. If Liz comes back, some of those records will be pretty untouchable. But if Liz decides that she's done in Blacksburg and done all she wanted to accomplish and Georgia comes back and has a year without Liz racking up stats, Georgia's going to pass her in a lot of those categories, minutes, starts, games, consecutive games played. Um, It's pretty insane how in some ways she's somewhat flown under the radar because she's playing with Liz Kitley, who's the two-time ACC player of the year. But those record books are going to be pretty full by the end of her career. It's, It's pretty crazy that she's a true junior and everything she's done. So it's a conversation. It is. And it's also a testament, again, to you were just saying it. There's so much highlighter. And if it's not highlighted, it's Taj Cole and it's Asia Shepard. It just goes down to, one, how basketball has changed over the years, um, but also the quality of play that uh, Coach Brooks plays with week in, week out, day in, day out, and year in, year out. Yeah. I'm having, in go general, ahead. Like if, if Liz is done, the two of them will be one, two in pretty much every category. Mm-hmm. Um, in the record books, which is which is insane. I mean, try to think of other teams across all sports where the two best players in the history of that organization or program are on the team at the same time. Um, it, it's pretty remarkable, and it you know it's gotten us to where we are currently as ACC champs. This hasn't been talked about on this podcast. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never heard of it, obviously the Queens of Castle, please go check them out. But it has been such a pleasure getting to know them, working with them. And I got to say, when we started doing it, one, couldn't have picked better athletes to, to host a podcast in a, in a calendar year. They've done an unbelievable job. It's been amazing. It's been so fun to, to watch. But it, as it was happening, especially early on, I was like, I don't really know how this will work out. You know, you know, if they lose a game and they record the next week, are people like, is this distracting? Uh, is this something that they'll be able to balance? Their schedules are crazy, but it's never, ever, ever been an issue. And whether they're asked about this in uh, post-game availability, whether we've asked them this, whether anyone asks them, it's how are you able to bet? They genuinely just like doing it. And it, again, speaks to the culture of how much they embrace the fan base. Like It's been so fun to not only get to know them and get to learn their story, but also hear the podcast that they've done with their teammates, their coaches, people in the media. Um, 
And uh, they are such incredible. I say that I, this is a buzzword, but I mean it. They are such incredible ambassadors for Virginia Tech. Um, and it's kind of hard. I, I don't think they kind of understand the impact that they're having on the school and the impact that they're having on the athletic department um, in real time. Um, they might not even register that they won the ACC yesterday. But, I mean, it's been it's been absolutely incredible. And I also have to shout out the women's basketball culture. It's very much like wrestling where they have this insane, like, like feverish following by people. Um, and, uh, no, it's been great. It's been absolutely awesome. And, again, I encourage everybody to, after Selection Sunday or even now, get your tickets, go check them out in the first two rounds, um, and get ready for what has an opportunity to be um, a really, really, really special run in March. Um, 11 in a row. Ranked wins. I think they have the fifth hardest schedule in the country. Beating ranked teams. I think they beat five ranked teams in that uh, in that stretch, uh, and were able to leapfrog their way into that top four spot. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna get into some of the other sports in our merry-go-round merryman segment. This episode of the Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by the River Course. And look, we talk about greatness all the time. And when you talk about golf, Pebble Beach, Augusta. Bandon Dunes, dare I say Shinnecock, the river course sits squarely in the middle of this conversation. A top 10 college course in America, according to Golf Digest, and the home for the For Those to Come golf tournament. And look, if you head on down there and you mention Sons of Saturday, we got some hookups for you. 50% off appetizers. Who doesn't like appetizers? 10% off of headwear and apparel at the golf shop. I mean, get yourself a new outfit, feel good, look good, play good. And the cream of the crop, new annual student memberships will receive a free cart fee and new adult memberships will receive a free foursome plus a complimentary lunch. The River Course, unparalleled greatness, unparalleled beauty, nestled right in Southwest Virginia. Moving on over to some other occurrences in the Merriman facility, what took Twitter by storm over the last 10-ish days. Uh, quarterbacks coach Brad Glenn accepted the offensive coordinator job at Cincinnati, and Coach Rudolph accepted the offensive line job at Notre Dame. He got paid a whole lot of money. Um, can't blame him. Uh, Ed, what were your initial reactions uh, with this news? I think a lot of people were pretty – I think a lot of people were okay with Glenn – or not okay with. You never want to lose a coach, especially after one year. Continuity, I think, was something that Pry was really relying on when he put this staff together uh, for a variety of reasons. If you look at who he hired and, um, you know, their track records, I think continuity was important to him. So, yeah, losing your quarterback's coach and your offensive line coach after year one is not super exciting. But from my perspective, I, I tried to take a step back and think about it. Okay, at the end of the year, if we were going to lose coaches for any reason, the quarterback room wasn't very good, and the offensive line room was probably worse than the quarterback room. So I tried to take it with a glass-half-full approach of, um, well, yes, Joe Rudolph's a highly sought-after offensive line coach all across the country. That's why Notre Dame just paid him a boatload of money to go coach offensive line up there. Um those two rooms weren't very good last year. So I would hope that whatever Coach Pry and the staff come up with as the solution for those coaches in those rooms, um, 
is maybe an upgrade in some instances, but because quite frankly, I don't think there was a room in the, in the building that performed worse than O-line. So um, while, yeah, he's a great coach and with a great track record, I, you can't get much worse than they looked last year. So hopefully they can use those funds to allocate them in a different way. That is the most beneficial for all the rooms, not just one of them. Let me say something that I haven't said in a long time. There were some idiots on the TL. Why do you just got Why do you got to be so aggressive? Cuz cuz you know why everybody else was being aggressive. My guy, look, my guy coach Rudolph got paid mil almost millions of dollars to go somewhere else. Puts out a nice heartfelt letter talking about his time in Blacksburg and everybody's pissed. Everybody's angry. You took the bag, bro. You left for the bag, bro. Yeah. He did. Who wouldn't? I don't understand why we're attacking the guy for making a decision. I will never understand people attacking recruits for making decisions for whatever reason they make the decision for. And I will never understand people attacking grown men or women for making their decision at taking a job. They don't owe you anything. They owe you zero. They are employed by Virginia Tech. Somebody else said, hey, I would like you to be employed by such and such school. They take the job. They don't owe you anything. He didn't even have to type you up a nice letter. He wrote you a nice letter. Put a Virginia Tech header on it. So that stuff always drives me nuts. Please stop taking yourselves so seriously. There's no reason for all of this negative toxicity. He is a grown man. One, you would not say this to his face. And two, for all of you putting it out there, if you worked for Harry Smith's Plumbing, and you were changing, you know, nothing against plumbers. This is just an example. If you worked for Harry Smith's Plumbing and they were paying you 54 bucks an hour and then Joe Schmo's Plumbing was like, hey, we're going to pay you $75 an hour, you're probably going to be cleaning toilets for Joe Schmo's Plumbing. So save me all of your garbage, please. Um, here, here are my actual thoughts on the, on, the, on the deal. Coach Glenn and Coach Rudolph, I very much viewed them as the Yodas of the coaching staff. And here's why I say that we have a very young coaching staff that is gaining experience and learning things on the fly, which is great. Like we just interviewed coach Marv. He was fantastic. Um, I thought that the reason we overpaid for somebody, I'll use coach Rudolph as an example is he's been around the block. He's done it before. He has a tremendous track record. So for me, I think it's crucially important that in these two roles, or at least in one of them, you get somebody who has a ton of experience in A, coaching the position, and B, being around uh, programs that have been built and succeeded over a long period of time. I'm going to tie this back to something else. We look back at Coach Kill and the impact that he had at Virginia Tech in the one year that he was here. It's important to have somebody in a program who has been around the block. And Coach Rudolph, in my opinion, was that guy on the staff last year. He was probably not a guy who was going to be here for a long period of time. So for me, I think that that's very important. Um, Pat, go ahead. What is what is kind of your reaction and your and your I guess wish list um, for what to uh, bring in as a replacement? Well, first of all, Coach Kill, have you guys seen the trajectory of that guy? Now he's at New Mexico State. They won a conference championship. He got this massive tattoo on his bicep celebrating. The, is it the Lobos or is it the Aggies? What uh, New Mexico? I think it's the Lobos, and that tattoo is fire. It is. Coach Kill having a uh, having a 
three quarter life crisis there, getting a nice little, <laughs> <laughs> getting some ink. Oh, I love it. That guy's awesome. Um, my wish list. Uh, let's see. Not names. Not names. Not names. No, but like, what 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 are you looking? What are you looking for out of out of the job? For me, it's experience. It's experience and pedigree. I want a guy who's going to gel well with Coach Pry. I want a guy who's going to gel well with Coach Bowen. You know, is are they going to line up schematically and have the same offensive philosophy for, you know, ground and pound run game, um, protecting the quarterback? Like, I know we had been talking about like when is when is uh, Coach Rudolph going to land a offensive line guy out of the portal here this off season? And I don't know if that was coming, you know, after spring or not. Um, but like we we. We need a serious upgrade in that room. I know our uh, our class coming in has some studs, but uh, yeah, I, I think experience, pedigree, and the fact that there's going to be some serious alignment with what Coach Bowen wants. I know um, Coach Pry went on the TSL pod and talked about you know what um, you know kind of who would be making this decision. I know it's going to be between Coach Pry and uh, Coach Tyler Bowen, so um, that's what I want. From a quarterback perspective, I mean, I guess the same thing, but to Ed's point, you know, I don't, I don't think Brad Glenn was a quarterback whisperer, you know, and I think uh, anything can, we could do a lot better than three and eight. So um, anything in the quarterback room, I know Kyron drones, Kieran drones. I need, I need the appropriate and pronunciation. pronunciation. Mm-hmm. If it's Karan, Kyron, Kieran, Anywho, he's one hokey warrior athlete of the week, like three times. times in a row, yeah. I mean, I'm ready for him to hoist the Heisman trophy the first week of uh, December next year. You're drinking <laughs> the same potion that I drink before uh, record predictions. It seems like, um, I mean, hokey warrior of the week, man. That's, uh, that's no, good. I'm fired up. I- I'm fired up. I- I'll say this. I-, I have one more thing and then I'll get off my, my, my angry box here. I'm just preparing everybody for what's going to happen because we do this every single time a job comes open, okay? Quarterback job is open at Virginia Tech. If we don't hire Michael Vick to be our quarterback coach, what are we doing? They need to pick up the phone right now and call Michael Vick. Dude, dude, if I go ahead and tweet at Coach Pry, did you see this? At with Babcock, you need to do this. I have, I have something for you guys. Coach Prime with Babcock, they're not listening to Hokey Joe fifteen ninety nine on Twitter with the VT football helmet as profile picture. Uh, a tight end, tight end position opens up. Brian Steinspring is somebody we should strongly consider bringing back. I have no problem with either of these names, but just to say, because you know a guy. I know a guy. That's who we have to hire. And if we don't hire them, we're inept and stupid and dumb. I promise you. I promise you. And I'll make this thing again. If you're selling insurance, if you're selling cars, if you're slinging software, you're not putting as much thought into who can teach our offensive line to run zone right, zone left, power, ISO, whatever. Coach Pry, Coach Bowen. Mr. Babcock, they're all going to sit in a room, they're going to interview people, and they're going to find who the best fit is. So, 
I'll just come out and say it. If the best fit for that position is Coach Washington, great. I can't wait for Coach Washington to coach our offensive lineup. If it's not Coach Washington, great. I'm fired up for who's going to be our coach of the offensive line. But everyone is going to melt down, regardless of who it is. If we don't hire Michael Vick as our quarterback's coach, and we don't hire Todd Washington, there's going to be a slew of people freaking out. I'm telling you, go downstairs, pour yourself a glass of whole milk, maybe throw on some Seinfeld, and just take a couple deep breaths, maybe do some yoga. It's going to be okay. I trust our coaches to make the correct hire, and I'm going to allow it to play out. And that's that. That's Wait, that. but can we hire Todd Grantham as our defensive coordinator? <laughs> you guys, have, you uh, guys know that he is available, and he has Virginia Tech ties. You, you, you guys have made the uh, somewhat questionable decision of giving me a platform tonight, so I'm going to go ahead and use my time to shine here. I have been a Virginia Tech fan since 2015, which is a very small amount of time, especially when you compare it to Pat Finn and the Finn fam. I love the school as much as anyone. I've got the VT tatted on my thigh. I love the school, all right? One you and Jerry hate, Kill, tattoo guys. You and Jerry Kill. Me and Jerry Kill. <laughs> One thing I have always questioned and personally hated about our fan base is exactly what Billy's talking about. And I would like to pose a thought about the football program. Pose it. Do we really need to keep everything in-house? Can we go out and find some new and fresh ideas that may have not been taught in Blacksburg 15, 25 years ago? I think new and fresh ideas could be a great thing for the football program. So, yes, we don't need to hire Michael Vick as the quarterback's coach. And he wouldn't want the job anyway. So yes. I completely agree with everything you're saying. I, I have long thought that there has been some recycled ideas and thought processes in that building. Um, I think Coach Pry's done a really good job of bringing in new ideas. And I think we should do more of that and less of what we did 20 years ago. Less typing, more. Look, if you're a Virginia Tech fan in the New River Valley, go for a hike. Go fishing. Go camping. It, it is fake spring outside. There are plenty of fun activities to do rather than freak out about who we may or may not be interviewing for a coaching position. So I think we've beaten this point to death. But please, please, give it a rest. Give it a rest. Pat. We have some other updates from uh, Virginia Tech. Um, I don't know if alumni is the right word, but number one, I want to shout out Coach Hamilton. Got a job with the Tennessee Titans. And uh, we have one more as well. Coach Ryan Smith. I got to say, I do love I do love football talk. Football talk is just it's, – it's so funny how football talk, 12 months out of the year, people are getting fired up about everything. And, yes. uh Never change college football fans. For those on the audio only, Pat just jumped up in his seat to make the take about how much he loves football talk in March. His face football is beaming is right now. Yep. <laughs> uh, shout out Ryan Smith, man. Coach Smitty, our guy from uh, – it's Fredericksburg 804. He's from Fredericksburg, isn't he? Um, he's from that area. But anywho, mm -hmm. Coach Smith went up. To Northwestern, coached up the corners up there, did a really good job. And guess who was calling? The big three letters, NFL. Arizona Cardinals said, hey, Coach Smith, we'd love you to come coach our defensive backs in the professionals. And uh, Coach Smith said, I'm in. I'm in. So a uh, shout out to him. I know he loved his time at Virginia Tech. And 
keep an eye on that guy. You know, keep tabs on on Coach Ryan Smith. Uh, Is he buying Cliff Klingsbury's house? I know it's on the market. I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. All right. <laughs> don't know. Don't know why you think I would know that. <laughs> uh, I'm so fired up for the next segment. I can't even introduce it. So, Pat, why don't you go ahead and okay. introduce it? Speaking of Twitter getting fired up. Um, I don't know who put out the original tweet. I bet we could find it in a hot second here. Yeah, I've only sent it in every group chat like 15 times today. All right, all right. Take it easy. I, no, I have. I was, that wasn't a chirp at you. I'm just saying we've we've uh, we've been looking at it a ton. No, we have. Dude, uh, look at this picture of – hold on a second. <laughs> Anthony Romano. Hold on. Look at our guy. Look at our guy, Nels Williams. At ACC Media Day with Hunter Couture interviewing Coach Young. Dude, Good shout time. out Nels, man. I'm fired up. That's awesome. Dude, Hunter, Hunter is ridiculous. I really hope he comes back. Hunter too. goes up to Coach Young and says, Coach Young, what what do you think of coaching that guy Hunter Couture? And Coach Young says, he's been a big pain in my ass ever since he got here. <laughs> uh, okay, so Anthony Romano uh, puts up an interview of – Tim Sands, President Sands, after the uh, the victory on Sunday. And what does this mean for Virginia Tech? And uh, President Sands says, oh, we're a basketball school now. Kind of said, you know, a little tongue-in-cheek, a little jokingly, and then, you know, went on and had a nice thing to say about the women's team and how they represented Virginia Tech so well. But I know it has been a little controversial. You know, we've we've come up on this podcast Dozens of times talking about basketball school, football school, whatever school. Um, and I know Billy is probably more fired up than anyone. No, I'll, I'll let Ed go first because I, I actually agree with what Ed's about to say. Like, because I, I wanted to be prefaced by this because I, I agree. Ed, go ahead. I know, I know what your point is. I agree with you. I want you to preface my comments with it. Go ahead. Wait, what is my point? Didn't you say like we've kind of been a basketball school for the last? Oh, okay, that point. I didn't know which yeah. one. I mean, you've been arguing with me about this all day. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So my point on this is again goes back to my, I guess, lack of longevity as a Virginia Tech sports fan. Um, but for me, and I think a lot of people like me, uh, definitely the people who are a little bit younger than me, who are new to the Virginia Tech sports fandom, this has been a basketball school, um, especially since you know. 2015, 16, 17 on um, just pretty elite levels of being, basketball being played in Castle Coliseum. And for the most part, that's where the highs have been in the athletic department. Um, and from fans around the Virginia Tech community, the, the highs have come from basketball. So I, I think Tim Sands was, like Pat said, very tongue in cheek with this comment. He was obviously, you know, he's standing on the court after the women's team just won an ACC championship, getting hit in the face with confetti. What's he supposed to say? Well, I'm really excited for, you know, September. No, he's going to, no. he's going to lean no. into it. He's going to say great things about the team that has confetti landing on his head for the second straight year. Um, it has been a basketball school for the last, you know, seven years, six years. We're not an anything school. This whole, we're a this school, we're a that school. So if somebody would start being a Virginia Tech fan in 2020, are we a baseball school? Are we a wrestling school? This is my problem. No, with- no. is it the? Can I finish? Yeah, yes. I- finish. Here's my problem with it. One, not he's not good at tongue in cheek. It just exactly. came off as weird and awkward. Didn't like it. You know, 
That's my problem. My other problem with it is if I'm literally any other coach in the athletic department, I'm like, yo, why would you say that? I just, I, 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 out of everything you possibly could have said in that clip, and look, I get it. It's just a clip. They put a camera in his face. They asked a question. I could have thought of a million other things to say. Um, I just, it just was a, I, I did, I personally did not like it. That it was unnecessary. I completely agree that it was unnecessary, but I do think it was a joke, however awkward it may have been. Tim Sands, not good at jokes. Not Tim good at Sands, jokes. Tim Sands, not a good not good at let's go hokies. Not either. good at jokes. Um definitely not good at let's go hokies either. But it's a funny thing that all college athletic departments do and fan bases do, where it's oh, we're basketball school, we're football school. Everyone says it pretty much jokingly anyway. Not many people are saying, Oh, we're a baseball school. We are a land grant engineering institution for higher learning is my overarching are. message on this is it's a big fat nothing burger that doesn't matter and was funny in the moment That's I, I i it was not funny in the moment nothing I was funny pat i did not laugh no i, I not I, funny I, at all no i thought it was cringy but <laughs> my, i mean my my thing is just i don't know if it's necessary to stoke a narrative that you know doesn't need stoking um but you know, I, I understand it was tongue in cheek. It was meant. And I'll say, and I'll say this too: like, there's two parts of this. There's what the fan base thinks. There's what the other half of the fan base thinks, and then there's reality. And I want to I want to mention this in it. Um, we have surpassed the uh, halfway mark for the Reach for Excellence campaign. Coach Sands has done. Uh, Coach Sands, Tim has done some great things uh, for fundraising with the new commitment to football. Uh, which we have done. We've done some amazing things. But saying something like that just completely like blinds everybody from the stuff. And it's going to further the narrative that, well, Tim Sands doesn't care about football. Our administration doesn't care about football. Why don't we care more about football? And then guys like Pat, he doesn't think this, but guys like Pat who like football talk in April are going to get all riled up. And it just, it just came off as a little unnecessary. I didn't of all the content that I saw yesterday, that was my least favorite. It was it was more than a little unnecessary. I completely agree with that. Okay, that's it. We're all on the same page here. And that's not at all taken away from cuz if I went first ed, you know what would have happened? It'd have been like me trying to plant my football flag. That's not it, man. I am I support every single sport that does amazing things. I would love for us to be an everything school. I love that our baseball team has been awesome and is on a trajectory to continue to be awesome. I was talking to Joey Sullivan about it this week. Um, I love what we've done in softball. I love what we've done in wrestling. Our track team wins the – if anything, we're a track school because our track team wins ACCs, it seems like, every six months. I, I don't even know what track season is, but it seems like we win the championship every six months. Um, so, but yeah, that was my thoughts. Um, either way, not taking anything away from basketball or whatever we're we're a we're a virginia we're a virginia land grant institution of higher learning that is what we are we're not an we, are, we are a pretty solid athletic department top to bottom like yeah we're not a football school we're either a, we're a sports school yeah i like that i love that don't let uva hear that but i do like i do like that um i'm ready to move on from this let's do it i'm i am more than ready i hate the basketball school football school like Oh, that drives me up the wall. So uh, <laughs> that was your that was your that was your that was your uh, 
That was your get off my lawn uh, quote of the week. It drives me up a wall. My friend Brent, my good friend Brandon Cafferkey knows what I'm knows what I'm trying to say. He he would text me hashtag basketball school after like every single win last year uh, last season. But um yeah, let's move on. It is a fun conversation. It is. Uh, I'm ready. Let's move on. Okay. I think I think we should tee this up for a podcast next week, but I want to tee it up. Tee it up. I thought it was I thought it was an interesting tweet I saw today. Brendan Hill tweeted when we decide we want to be the preeminent brand in the ACC across sports, it will happen. No disrespect to the other institutions, but I don't see a better all-around brand in the league. That goes for our fans. Donors, administrators, too. Time to mash the gas and separate. I thought this was a great tweet. Now, B. Hill, I don't know mash the gas. Have you guys ever heard mash the gas? I liked it, though. Um, I don't don't know if you meant mash the glass, like mash the glass ceiling. Uh, It's definitely some The only thing I'm mashing is some potatoes. What do I... But I really like... I really like... uh, finishing that basketball school conversation and segueing that into this, because this kind of ties, ties a bow around the gift of Virginia tech being good at a lot of different sports and having a great brand and having a great fan base and support. Um, now comparable to the ACC, I would love to have a discussion next week where we kind of see, Hey, who is the best brand in the ACC? And I, I wonder what that criteria would look like. And I know, I know a Bryce Chalkley would love to come on and, uh, and debate that and uh, have that conversation. So we're going to tee you that know, up. I, you know, I, I, and, and I know Ali listen to this. What I love about Bryce is I called him just to check in and he said, Hey, we should talk about this on the podcast next week, but I don't want to, I don't want to give it away. He then proceeded to give me his 10 or 15 minute take on the subject. Um, Bryce Chalkley, the king of the king of expanding on uh, on uh, uh, you, you can't just read the back the uh, back of the book. You're gonna get the first five chapters, but uh, that's why we love him. So we're gonna bring him on next week, and we will talk about that subject. Um, looking at the diamond, Ed, catch us up on what's going on with baseball and softball. A whole lot of Chris Cannizzaro on the baseball front. Uh, Virginia Tech swept Charlotte this weekend. It's a pretty good Charlotte team and good program. So. It was good to see the Hokies take their business at home. Oh, here we go. Here we go with the Charlotte talk. <laughs> um, but it was, I mean, like I said, it was a whole lot of Chris Canizero, ACC Player of the Week. He's currently fifth in the country in batting average at 540. And he is 19 of his last 26 wow. appearances he has afforded a hit. So Man. last week, alone, the Charlotte series alone, he hit seven balls over 100 miles an hour. Um Guy is seeing it, as they say. It's coming in like a beach ball, and he's turning around at over 100 miles an hour seven times. Um, so that guy's just absolutely raking right now. Pitching staff did a really good job of um, containing the Charlotte offense, and they were able to win three straight games at home. Those uh, 19 for 26, the dish. It's like Georgia shooting a three, man. That's that a great comp. No bank in baseball, though. Um. Oh, we haven't done the pylons in a while, and I'm going to be honest. I was really passionate about this topic. As you know, my health journey, uh, you may not know, actually, so I'll brag about it. Uh, down under 260 for the first time in a while. Um, I had salad for dinner today, and I had salad for lunch. 
did mix in a Campbell's chunky soup in between. Um, but I was like, you know what, instead of eating crap, let's just talk about it. So, uh, the pylons for this week are trash foods. So, uh, basically whether you're driving on a long drive and you have to stop and you have to eat, or you've just accepted, Hey, I'm going to eat something crappy. That's mass produced. I don't really care what's in it. Um, that's what we're doing. And we're kicking it off with Ed Williams. Yeah. The first one is, uh, pretty simple. Raisin canes, all about raisin canes. There's one in Charlottesville that I frequent on my way down to Smith Mountain Lake. And now there is one in Northern Virginia. So Raisin Canes and kind of just chicken tenders and fries in general are my absolute one seed. Can I give you a uh, can I give you a fun fact about Billy Ray? Never had You've Raisin Never had canes. it, I'm guessing. Never had it. Brutal. Never had it. We'll, we need to change, we'll change that. We'll change that. Patrick. You know, for me, it's uh, road trips. Always got to stop for a water. This is, doesn't count as junk food, but like I can't do a road trip or I can't do a flight without getting a big water. You know, like you don't ever want to be on a plane and like you're like, I'm so thirsty, right? You need to have a nice Dasani. <laughs> I am always stopping for a quarter pounder with cheese. Always. Quarter, so, quarter pounder with from McDonald's. If you know Billy Ray, you know my first round pick. And it is when I'm driving, I love having it my way. And the way that I have it is from Burger King. I don't know if there is a better sandwich from a fast food establishment than a double Whopper, no cheese. And that it's is my absolute. Takes. It's one of well, your worst takes. Ever. It ever. is my take. It, it is my take. And I love a double Whopper from Burger King. So that is my, uh, no, dude, you, you ever, next time you go to a fast food place, I want you to take the bun off and I want you to look at the cheese that's on it. And I want you to tell me what you think about that. Just look <laughs> at the cheese. Just look at the cheese. The burger is piping hot. It's not melting. It's just kind of there. I don't like it. Yeah. Something yeah. about it. I know I don't, I know I don't like anything that's in it. I know it's all bad, but if I take the cheese off. Um, that's like that's like kind of dieting. So I take. No, I, I I have to I have to add to this before Billy gives the second one. There was a recent trip back from Blacksburg, Virginia, where Billy decided that he was singing the upper 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 song enough times that he he drove me to insanity to take him to Burger King on the mm-hmm. way home up eighty one. So uh, absolutely not on my list was Burger King, but I knew that that was coming because. He sang the song about 15 times on I-81 coming north. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, snake draft. So I Oh, I go again. Um, I got to tell you, there are a few things in this world better than a Dr. Pepper, especially when you haven't had one in a long time. I love, love Dr. Pepper, a God-tier soda. So Dr. Pepper. All right. Uh, I'm going to jump in here with a cookout tray. Usually get either a, a burger or a spicy chicken and then i always get either two ranch wraps or a ranch wrap and a bacon wrap and flip a coin i'll get a cheer wine float the other if it lands on tails i'm getting water ed ed pat you're like not fired up about this do you not love eating crappy food i mean i do but like you know he would much rather have roots natural kitchen that's true that's true that's true. Rather stop. Yeah, we we would usually fill up on roots on our way out of town. We don't need <laughs> we don't need any food because we're full. 
That's yeah, I'll, uh, you, living I'll, in the, you living in the sprawling metropolis of Charlotte, we have a little bit of a longer trip. So about halfway back to uh, the facts, it's time for a second stop. Ed, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. I'll finish off the triple crown of fast food restaurants. You two hit the big ones, and I'll add the third. Wendy's is elite. Yeah, Wendy's, Wendy's is my favorite of the three. But I love I'll Wendy's. Throw, I'll throw Wendy's in there. I will uh, – oh, you got the snake draft. Ed, come on, man, snake draft. Yeah, I didn't. I was the the thing on the sheet says trash foods. Now we've added this car wrinkle to it. This is not a car food, absolutely okay. not. That's but, why. Well, I guess it could be if you're really careful. A chicken parm sub. So I'll give you two locations. If you're in Northern Virginia, Santini's, and if you're in Blacksburg, the cellar. Get a chicken parm sub, elite. This Dude, that is that could not be more and off base than what we're how? talking about. A fried chicken cutlet on a piece of bread is definitely not healthy. Dude, we're talking about like you're driving in Kansas and you can get this. We're not talking about I, you're going to the cellar. Like I what, just what? read you what the sheet says. It says trash foods. Does not add that there needs to be a I have never gone to the cellar and thought I'm about to have trash food. I think I'm about to get hammered on pitchers <laughs> of beers and eat pretty decent food. That's what I, I think. About. It's good food. food. It's not good for you. Let it clear them out of their euros. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. about euros. Fine. If the drive-thru is a requirement, I guess some of them have drive-thrus. Popeyes. Popeyes is slept on universally, in my opinion. That is very factual. See, that that was a good answer. Your other one sucked. I just saying the doc is lacking criteria. <laughs> are you Matt, out here? Are you out here telling people their answers suck when you're the number one thing on your list is a double whopper? <laughs> yeah, come on now. Come on now. I think you guys will like my last two picks. Go ahead, Pat. Okay, well, this is a snake trap, so you only have one. Um, I am, I guess, since we're doing pylons plus the cenotaph, you do get a, uh, a third pick. I am destined for greatness on a Saturday morning when I am hitting the Chick-fil-A. I think it's mm. actually it's not actually 35. It's a little um, con- conquered. Um Chicken minis and and some browns, you know, might get an iced coffee from Chick Fil A. Like, come on, up to Blacksburg every time. I'm gonna go with so no this, commentary on Chick Fil A. All right. I mean, I I just I told you this before we, we did it. I don't think Chick Fil A is trash food. I think it's. Please, I think it's, please defend that take because okay, you Mr. know how like Mr. Anti Seed Oil the same, over there. This is the same as mine. It's good food. It's still not good for you. I just think you know how Subway says they're a sub above, which one is bullshit. Uh, I think they're a chicken above. I think I, I think like chick like you can't put Chick Fil A on the same pedestal as like McDonald's, Burger King, like uh, P- KFC, Popeyes. I think I, I I like to believe it's a little healthier. Maybe it's not. I'll defer to you. It's the I same. Think, I think the next pylons need to have a committee meeting with some clear defined guidelines. That's what I think. Um, I'm going to go with one of my road trip favorites. If I am filling up the tank and I go inside, I'm going to go ahead and get a cookies and cream Hershey's bar. They are elite, elite cookies and cream Hershey's bar. And then this one is a shout out back to when I was in high school in college. I haven't done it in a while. I actually think I'm going to do this this week. I used to love showing up to parties with a Taco 12 pack and eating the whole thing by myself. Um, I would, when they brought out like that Taco 12 pack and they like marketed it as like, yo, bring it to the party and share it. 
my ass, dude. I am going to Taco Bell. I am getting the Taco 12 pack. I am getting soft tacos, and I am eating the in the entire thing when I get there. Um, so Taco 12 pack from uh, I got to go Supreme too with the uh, with the it's not cream cheese, sour cream. That's quite um, the party trick from Billy Ray Mitchell. Yeah, so that's uh, that's my last pick. Is that everybody, or do we have invite one more Billy? Invite that's Billy. That's right. With I will show up with tacos. You will get none of them. Um. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, let's move on to uh, Sharky's shout-outs. I have a shout-out. Um, I'll save the commentary. You know I have plenty. Shout-out to Coach Buzz Williams, SEC Coach of the Year at Texas A&M. Bounce back, beat Alabama. Um, SEC basketball has been a ton of fun to watch this year. Um, and uh, I guess I'll, I'll have this kind of commentary. It's just a really odd year in basketball. The big what is left of the big East is so non-competitive. It's just teams getting blown out left and right. The big 12 is in my opinion, far and away the best conference that there is. Um, big 10 ed. I, I don't know what to make of that conference. I have no idea what's going to happen come March madness. And then the sec is starting to see the reap the rewards of pouring money into their basketball programs and they will only continue to get better. So, and the ACC is kind of meh. So that's that. I got a shout out for uh, Virginia's own Mac McClung watching the dunk contest. They were saying he saved the dunk contest. And I think he, uh, he did a great job out there, man. The Sixers got him on like a week long contract or something. Um, I'm impressed, Pat. Look at you. Look at you. I mean, didn't we? Didn't the three of us watch it together? Weren't we all together watching it? Uh, I, I mean, you brought it up. I don't know if we were watching it. You were doing that thing where you have your your hand on your face and you're like nodding in and out of like sleepiness. So <laughs> if you want to call that watching it together, maybe. Um, but you you were in the room and it was on the TV. Um, well, I mean, Gate City Zone. Max Dad played football at Tech. Max Mom probably pretty fired up. She played women's basketball. Um, so yeah, and of course it brought out the uh can't believe Buzz didn't offer Mac McClung, yada yada. It's like, all right, like why does our fan base love to just play this hindsight game of if only we did this and then this? It's like, all right, like what if what if Michael Vick chose Syracuse? Like things happen for a reason, man. All I know is that when Coach Young retires, we need to hire Mac McClung as the new head coach of the Virginia Tech basketball program. And if we don't, we're dropping the ball. So everybody get your uh, get your tweets ready, at Whit Babcock or whoever the athletic director is, and hopefully 100 years when Coach Young hangs it up um, to let him know that we need to hire Mac McClung. Uh, you know Hunter Couture will be the top of the list for the Twitter mob in terms of who to hire after coach. Justin Mutz needs to yeah. be the head coach of Virginia Tech. Actually, um, I, think, uh, I think I'm going to be part of that brigade. Trying for Couture, it's actually going to be Kenny Brooks and Coach Couture. They're going to be uh, they're going to be one A and one B. That would be coach a fun. Brooks, come coach the men's team. <laughs> that would be a fun dynamic. That would be one hell of a duo. Uh, Ed, do you have any shout outs? I know you've been watching a lot of Nats baseball. No, um, I'm going to stick with basketball too. And while you two are living in the past with Mac McClung and Buzz Williams, I'm going to look towards hopefully the future and Juke Harris. Shout out to Juke Harris. Um, huge, huge target for the men's basketball program. 
He just finished his high school season. He's four-star, number 46 player in the country. He's making his decision on March 24th, uh, and his final teams are Miami, Virginia Tech, LSU, Kansas, Wake Forest, and Louisville. Um, he was just player of the year in his conference, first-team all-district. So shout-out to Juke Harris. Would love to see you in the maroon and orange come March 24th. Or he could be our O-line coach. <laughs> All right, that was a ton of fun, guys. We haven't done that in a while. Um, we're going to go ahead and pass it over to uh, to Ed and Mike. They recorded a conversation about conference championships. Hey, I wouldn't have a problem with winning the ACC again. Who knows? Let's find out what the path looks like for Hokies men's basketball. All right, everyone, we have reached the conclusion of the Virginia Tech men's basketball team regular season. So Mike and I are here to talk through that. Uh, the last two games against Louisville and Florida State, um, and kind of take a look ahead at the ACC tournament, which, in my opinion, Virginia Tech ended up with a pretty good draw. So maybe there'll be some more postseason magic from Mike Young's guys. But uh, overall, the Virginia Tech men's team finished the year uh, with two wins against Louisville and Florida State, played really well in both games, uh, concluding the regular season at 18-13 and 13 and 11th in the ACC. So obviously a pretty underwhelming overall record to finish the year with how things went in non-conference um but i, th- I thought they, you know they ended up the year playing really good ball in those last two obviously against pretty inferior opponents some of the worst teams in the league but one handedly in both those games um so hopefully things are going trending in the right direction what could be a really cool week in greensboro if everything falls the right way so 18 and 13 to end of the year but mike any thoughts from you on Louisville in particular I mean, you mentioned these are two inferior opponents um, that hasn't stopped Virginia Tech from losing those games before this year, right? So it was really satisfying to see Tech kind of come together and play two of their better games in a while, kind of back-to-back to to end the regular season. It's kind of bittersweet because the team really hasn't performed the way I think a lot of us expected them to for most of the year, Um, but to kind of come together at the end of the year and start playing good basketball is is promising because you know it's not likely but there is a decent draw that the Hokies got in the ACC tournament where you know if the good version of Virginia Tech shows up I think they can beat the teams in front of them if the version that showed up all year you know ends up you know percolating in Greensboro it's going to be probably a pretty swift exit which you know I think a lot of us have been kind of bracing for given how the team has performed basically since the start of conference play. Um, but, you know, when, when Tech's playing at their best, when they're beating teams like UVA and Duke, when they they kind of put things together and, and play a complete 40 minutes of basketball, you know, this team can be difficult to guard. Um, they could be difficult to, to play against uh, defensively. When they're playing well, they're playing well on both ends. It's just been really, really inconsistent this year. They're well coached most of the time. And, you know, sometimes they don't really look like they're very well coached. We all know that Mike Young can coach. That's not really the question. It's just whether or not it all comes together on a given night and it's consistent. So that's been the story for most of the year. And I think that's going to be the story down in Greensboro as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's been a high ceiling, low floor kind of team all year long. You never know who you're going to get on any given night. Um, against Louisville, like we said, they, they handle business on the road, which has been a huge problem for Virginia Tech all year. 171 to 54, just all around good game, low turnover numbers. Uh, won the first half 35 27, won the second half 36 27. So consistent performance from start to finish. Got out of there with a win. 
Um, and then they came home for the final game of the regular season uh, in Castle, the last game in Castle for Justin Mutz, maybe the last game for Hunter Couture and Grant Basile. We're not really sure about those two yet, but it was senior day. Um, cool to see Justin Mutz was very into it at the beginning of the game. Did, you know, got all got all jumping during understand man for, you know, his last time. It clearly meant a lot to him. Um, and they were able to win that one, 82 to 60, only 10 turnovers, shot 47% from three. And one part um, that I want to continue to talk about that we've talked about the past couple of weeks is Rodney Rice had his best game uh, in a Virginia Tech uniform, albeit small sample size, but he had 10 points in 20 minutes. He's still not shooting the ball really well, but uh, you can see how talented he is in the way he just kind of carries himself throughout the game. Uh, his ability to finish around the rim, finish around guys, through guys, uh, something unique that I don't think we have a whole lot of on our team. Sean Padula, Padula can do it in bursts, but uh, you can clearly see Rodney's talent is there. Um, and I think it has positively impacted Sean Padula because Sean doesn't have to play the entire game. Um, and you saw it perfectly in Florida State where Sean Padula finished with 25 points and six of eight shooting. Uh, just looked fresh, got to sit for an extended amount of time uh, while Rodney Rice ran the point guard. So I think, you know, it's tough to look back on now, but having Rodney Rice throughout the year would have been really helpful. So it's it's a it's a bummer, but it's also a positive looking forward that he's coming along in his development. Hopefully we can see some really good things from him down in Greensboro. But a uh, good win, pretty not, nothing going on there. Uh, Grandpa Silly did not participate in senior day. Take that for what you will, I guess. Uh, I don't really think it means a whole lot, but uh, he did not participate in the senior day festivities with Justin Mutz and Hunter Couture. Uh, obviously, Justin Mutz's eligibility has run out, and we will see on Hunter Couture. Uh, hopefully, he comes back. We'll let us see him come back and obliterate the three-point record for the career at Virginia Tech. But we'll see. I think that'll probably be something that takes place later in the offseason. NIL. Yeah, NIL. If we're being honest, I mean, Hunter Couture has probably got some money waiting for him overseas, I would guess. Um, he's going to be able to play professionally. It just kind of depends on what the money looks like, right? And, yeah. you know, I don't think – never say never, but I don't think Hunter Couture is an NBA player. But I do think he can be a professional elsewhere and have a really nice career. And, yeah. you know, it kind of really depends on what the money looks like. And to be honest with you, like if the NIL money there for him is good enough and he feels like he can continue to improve and put himself in better position to secure more money – at the professional level a year from now, you know, maybe that's enough to, to keep him around Blacksburg another year. That's going to be a very much wait and see thing. And as we saw this off season with Justin Mutz, like it took a while before we heard about that decision. Right. Um, I think, you know, rumors started flying around kind of right after the end of last season, but it really took a while to get an actual answer about whether or not Justin Mutz was going to return. So it's going whenever tech season ends, it's not going to be an instantaneous decision for Hunter Couture. It is going to take some time. There's multiple levels to it, right? There's the school aspect of it where, you know, Hunter Couture is going to have to figure out what he wants to do from a graduate degree standpoint. Like Justin Mutz had to figure out like what other graduate degree he was going to get from Virginia tech in order to continue to remain eligible as a student athlete and keep playing. It's kind of going to have to be the same place, same thing here for Hunter Couture. It's going to be the same case. So there's a lot that goes into this, whether or not he wants to continue the school stuff to play college basketball, whether or not the money is there for him at, from an NIL standpoint, because he's done all he's needed to do at the collegiate level. He's gotten his degree already. He's accomplished a lot on and off the floor. 
Obviously, he he was the reason why Virginia Tech won an ACC championship last year of what he did in the conference title game. So he's kind of been there and done that. And it's just going to be a matter of, you know, do I want to kind of go through this again at the collegiate level? And there's going to be a lot that goes into that decision. And we're not going to know right away. I'd be shocked if we knew right away. Yeah. I'm, and it's kind of the same conversation for Basile too. Um, yeah. Grant's probably not an NBA player right now. Like if he came back, he'd probably be a first team all ACC preseason caliber guy. Um, and could maybe elevate himself into that NBA draft talk conversation with another year in Blacksburg. But um, there's definitely money to be made for Grant Basile over in Europe or over in Australia or Asia or wherever he wants to go. Um, he kind of finished the year on a heater. Um, and Kevin Aluma is doing well for himself over in Europe making money right now. So I'd have to imagine there will be very similar opportunities for Grant Basile. So, you know, it's weighing all those things you talked about, academics, whether or not you still want to be in Blacksburg, Virginia. Um, and then obviously the financial implications of NIL versus what you can make elsewhere. So big decisions for those two on the horizon that will um, dramatically impact, quite frankly, the ceiling of next year's team. Um, and I, I would think that the staff would be in a position where they would like to have answers on those decisions earlier in the offseason than they did with Justin Mutz um, yep. because it allows you to attack the portal in a different way. So they waited pretty long for Mutz last year, deservedly so. He earned the right to do that and to go through the process and make his decision when it was best time for him. But I would assume that the coaching staff will be in a position, particularly with Grandpa Silly, um, where they're going to want to know quicker because yeah. they don't have a whole lot of options to backfill for Grant. Whereas, you know, you've got Rodney Rice and you've got a couple guards coming in who could potentially lighten the load if Hunter Pator decides last minute to head out. Um, but I would assume at least on the big man front, they're going to want to uh, have something in place pretty quickly. So keep an eye on those two guys. Would love to have them both back in Blacksburg, of course. Um, particularly for me personally, just as a fan, I would love to see Hunter Couture come back and break that three-point record. Um, something he would do probably before ACC play, even next year, yeah. at the rate that he's been shooting the ball. Averages about three a game. Uh, he's not too far away from that record. So, love to see him come back and cap off his career with that and then go at another run um, towards the NCAA tournament next year. Because if those guys both come back, the ceiling's pretty high for this team. But if not, there's a there's a bit of a, a rebuild that needs to take place via the portal to supplement the guard play that we will have in Rice and Padula. So look forward to those decisions being made, hopefully sooner than later, but not going to count on it. I'm assuming it'll be pretty late into the offseason before those are wrapped up. So in conclusion, like I said, 18 and 13, 11th in the ACC, and that puts Virginia Tech in line to play Notre Dame Tuesday at 7 o'clock in the first round of the, incident, of the ACC tournament. Excuse me. So uh, Notre Dame team we've beaten on the road. Um, albeit we had to score 90 points to do so. Uh, I hope that the defense will be better down in Greensboro than it was in South Bend. But uh, Notre Dame, obviously a team Virginia Tech has beaten, should beat, and I expect to beat on Tuesday night. Um, if they're able to knock off the Irish and send Coach Bray packing in the first round, they will then play NC State, um, a team that Virginia Tech lost to, but barely, and did not play very well at all. So, NC State, also a team that I think Virginia Tech could beat. Um, I don't think they'll be favored in that game because NC State's really good with really talented players, but a team that Virginia Tech could absolutely beat. And then follow that up, if they're able to knock off NC State, they'd play Clemson in the third round. Uh, a Clemson team Virginia Tech has lost to twice this year. Again, both really, really bad performances, uh, shooting the ball from Virginia Tech in those games, um, and barely lost. So we're 0-3 against NC State and Clemson combined, but – by a combined eight points in those three losses. So yeah. two teams that I think Virginia Tech would love another crack at. Um, 
again, it's really tough to win three games in three days, four and four, five and five, the things that Virginia Tech would have to do to win the ACC again. But I do think that the path Virginia Tech found themselves in is one that is certainly doable. So um, I'm, I'm excited for the tournament. I hope it goes well. I hope I'm not completely disappointed Tuesday night, but I do like the path, and I think there is there is reason for some decent optimism from the fans. I think that – I mean, it's funny because I remember you and I were doing the ACC preview before the year. You and I were both high on Notre Dame, just like we were high on the Hokies. Yeah, they stink. And Notre Dame's terrible, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense given what they have on their team, the seniors and the five-star freshman guard. He's been pretty good this year, and they just don't – they haven't been able to find it. It's just very – mind-boggling, which is why Mike Bray's out of a job now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Tech's got to get by Notre Dame. Uh, hopefully it doesn't take the Hokies having to score 90 points to do it, like you just mentioned. That was kind of infuriating to watch a couple weeks back. Like, Tech just kind of screwed around for a while, and it really felt like they could lose that game. Like, Notre Dame would go on a run, then Tech would go on a run, and I was like, my God, man, like, yeah. the Notre Dame team is not very good. Like, let's put this game away. And it took a while. They eventually did. That's a winnable game, right? And then, you know, you play NC State and Clemson, and it's kind of frustrating kind of looking at those two teams in particular because if Tech goes 3-0 there, right, and they end the season at 21-10, and they're probably in the field or yeah. at least, like, really, like, on the bubble, like, actually on the bubble versus, like, outside of the bubble, which is, you know, where Tech's got to go on a run and win the ACC again into the tournament. That's really infuriating. Those are just like three of the losses that have really frustrated me this year. And then the two BC games, of course, as well. But yeah, I mean, these two teams are teams that Tech can beat. You know, Tech played one of their worst games of the year against NC State. They shot it extremely poorly. Every time Tech went on a run, they couldn't get the stop on the other end. I remember that was a Saturday night game early in conference play. Um, Hunter Couture was still out of the lineup defensively that you know tech just couldn't get the stops they needed every time there was a scoring run they just couldn't get the stop right in blacksburg and that was that was really frustrating so nc state's got a really good and athletic team if i had to guess you know where tech is going to bow out of this acc tournament i think it'll probably be on wednesday against nc state like that's that's my pick you know right now just kind of looking at it i do think though if tech gets by nc state i do think they'll be able to go on a little bit of a run you know clemson has been playing Terrible basketball, really, all throughout February. This is a Hokies team that can absolutely get Clemson. Um, should have beaten them at least once, maybe twice. Um, but this is a this is a really tough. Uh, it's a really tough spot to be in where you got to win five and five. And I think Tech is in a position where it's possible. It's not probable. Um, but I think even if Tech were to win a few games this week, I think fans would be. You know, obviously not satisfied with the outcome of the season, but would at least be satisfied with, you know, the last four or five games that Tech has played and, you know, might get the Hokies into the NIT if they have a good showing in Greensboro this week, even if that means, you know, not necessarily making a run at the title. Yeah, I think there's reason for optimism. Um, I actually agree with you. I think if they do get by NC State, they have a, they could, they could definitely be Clemson and then, you know, it, it would be, Frustrating because then you've won 21 games and are still on the outside looking in. But, you know, that is what it is. It's what happens when you lose seven in a row early in conference play. So looking forward to the tournament. I think Virginia Tech um, could go on a little run. I think they got as good of a draw as you could expect in a very, very weak ACC. So it's going to be a fun tournament. I hope it goes well for the Hokies. 
Um, and I look to see, and I'm going to keep an eye on Rodney Rice, Sean Padula, uh, all those guys and see how they play. MJ Collins just continue to get better. So really excited to watch the young guys play. And, you know, the final time we get to watch Justin Mutz, hopefully it's not the last time we get to watch Hunter Couture, Grant Silly, but who knows? So enjoy it. It should be a really good tournament all in all. Um, who knows? It's one of those conferences where you could absolutely see a bid stealer like a Virginia Tech jump up there and, and take one away from everybody else in the conference who's also just not very good. They kind of stole. They kind of stole a bid last year. I mean, I know Tech was like much more on the bubble, and there was conversation going into the title game as to whether or not you know does Tech have to win the ACC championship to get in. You know, we we were kind of really up in the air with that. We thought they could get in just by yeah. making the championship game. So, uh, you know, they were kind of a bid stealer last year. They would absolutely be a bid stealer this year. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I would love it. <laughs> Uh, ACC champ sweep from the Hokies would be pretty cool. So that leads us into the end of our our last little segment here. And we're not going to talk about it too in-depth because Billy Ray and Pat are going to jump on and talk through the ACC champs, the Virginia Tech women's basketball team led by Coach Kenny Brooks. So we'll give the highlights here, and then those guys will – or maybe they already have. I don't know if our pod's going to run first or theirs is going to run first. Not sure how this is going to look. But um, in any event, Virginia Tech women's basketball team was able to – win the ACC championship, something that we are somehow growing accustomed to in Blacksburg, but um, they, you know, handled Miami with no real issue. 68, 42, Georgia had 16 points. Liz had 22 and 10, kind of what you would expect from Miami, even though they had already lost Miami early in the year. Yep. They were able to take care of business there. Then a 58 to 37 win over Duke. Uh, Georgia Amor had 24, um, hit six threes. Uh, that put her at 11 threes through two games. So going into the last game against Louisville, she needed three to break the record for most in the tournament. Um, keep in mind, this is coming from a, uh, a girl who had a double bye and still broke the record for most threes in the tournament. So that's kind of a spoiler because Georgia had 25 in the championship game. They won 75 to 67 over a good Louisville team. Did a great job guarding Haley Van Lith. She did pretty much nothing for Louisville. One of the better players in the conference and, someone who Virginia Tech gave up 29 to by herself when they played in the regular season. So Hokies did a great job defensively throughout the tournament, uh, 42, 37, and 67 points scored in the three games. That's really, really good defense and has been a huge catalyst as to why they find themselves currently as the number four ranked team in the country and a potential number one seed going into March Madness. So um, an amazing tournament all around. Like I said, really good team defense, amazing individual play from Georgia. Uh, She was the player of the tournament. That was kind of, you know, that was kind of a no-brainer once the final buzzer sounded that she was going to win that award. But, um, yeah, 16 in the first game for her, 24 in the second, 25 in the third. She was 10 of 10 from the free throw line in the Louisville game, which was a huge deal because we were in the bonus pretty early in both halves. Um, so Georgia was phenomenal. Liz was phenomenal. Taylor Soule, Kayla King, Kiana Trailer, everybody was just was clicking on all cylinders, playing amazing defense, and happy for them, happy for Coach Brooks. Uh, it was a really fun, fun tournament to watch, and I look forward to seeing what they – what they're able to accomplish in the NCAA tournament, hopefully as a number one seed, that'd be pretty amazing. That's great. I mean, it's crazy. I think, you know, going into the year, we all anticipated that the women's team would be really good. We anticipated that they would be a top 10 or 12 team in the country all year. And I still, you know, I had this take at the beginning of the year. I kind of maintained that this is the best opportunity. I think that tech women are going to have to get to a final four, you know, in a, in a while, you know, and it's just, not often where you have a combination of a really, really good point guard and an all-American caliber forward and Kitley. It's just not often you get that combo and Tech's got it and 
They're two of the better players in the conference and all the role players are really, really good. And I, I just feel like this is a team that can absolutely make a run at a final four. It, it's pretty amazing to think that they could absolutely be the, the fourth number one seed at worst. They're going to be probably the, the best number two seed, right. If they end up falling to the two line. So there, I mean, Kenny Brooks is just getting every, absolutely everything out of this team, right. He's squeezing every last bit out of the team. And I think that, you know, tech's got a really good opportunity to go on a run. And for all the disappointment on the men's side this year, the women's team is maybe even better than anticipated. So you know, it's kind of like polar opposites this year. So, you know, hopefully a deeper run this year. I know they lost a tough 12-5 game last year. You don't need to worry about that, um, you know, with, with this draw that you're going to have now. Yeah. Um, so I do anticipate a deeper run here uh, this year. You won't have quite as tough of a matchup in the first round, but definitely looking forward to, to seeing what they're able to do in the tournament. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it feels a lot like um, the 2019 men's team where it's a culmination of, really, really good three- and four-year players who have developed under Coach Brooks and, in that case, under Buzz um, to get to where they are at you know, the, the peak of what this group can do. And, obviously, this group has a higher ceiling than that group did, um, being that they're going to probably be a number one seed. Um, and, yeah, I think the Final Four is absolutely you know, the goal here. Um, and I think this team is good enough to even win a national championship if, you know, if shots fall when they need to. So, uh, it's a it's been an awesome awesome group to watch play. They're player of the year regular season, player of the tournament in the postseason. Uh, the Queens of Castle are killing it, and I, I'm really looking forward to. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down to Blacksburg for the first round game at least. Hopefully both first and second round game. We'll see if I'm able to make that work. But I'm really excited. I hope Castle's full. It should be. I think it will be. Um, although it's on the back end of spring break, I believe. So hopefully the students get back to town in time to watch watch this team play on their home floor and they're able to make a run and get to Dallas. And I would absolutely love to have an excuse to fly down to Dallas. So, um, been awesome. And, you know, the Billy and Pat will talk about this more, but uh, congratulations to the girls. It was a really fun run. And it's been really cool to watch confetti fall on a Virginia Tech team um, two years in a row now. So that's all I've got. We'll check back in at the conclusion of the ACC tournament. Maybe we'll be lifting another trophy with Maroon and Orange confetti in Greensboro, but um, we, will, we will touch back in regardless and I think Virginia Tech could go on a little run here. So tune in Tuesday night at 7, and then hopefully we're watching basketball all night long or all week long this week. Yeah, I hope so. Um, <laughs> would be nice to, to see kind of the, you know, the best version of Virginia Tech come together at the best time of year. And I think we've seen it against two inferior opponents here at the end of the regular season. It would be nice to see that continue and see if Tech can at least go on a little bit of a run here. Yep, I'd love to watch Hokie basketball every day this week. So we'll That'd see be good. That'd be solid. All right, Mike. Go Hokies. We'll see how it goes. That's all I got. Yep. Go Hokies. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand, but I saw you. to you